0: Shalom, this is Rabbi David Tokajer of Congregation Mayim Chaim, the Eastern Shores Messianic synagogue in Daphne, Alabama. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast of our message from Shabbat service. We pray it is a blessing to you and that you see the beauty and light of Yeshua Meshachinu, Yeshua, our Messiah, in every word you hear. Amen. Avrahamim, Father of Mercies, we worship you. We love you and we adore you. Father, I thank you for this Shabbat and this opportunity to gather together as Mishvacha, as family to worship before you, to hear from you and to receive from you. Father, I pray that as we uh, open your word today, that you will speak boldly into our hearts and our lives, that it will be your word heard and received, that nothing in me will be involved except that which you have ordained specifically for this purpose. Father, I pray that you will breathe new life into each and every one of us today as we dig into your word. In the name of Yeshua Messiah, we pray and everyone says, Amen and Amen. (coughs) Poor timing, but that sadaka prayer (coughs) drives you out pretty good. Uh, So this week we're in Parsha Ha'azinu and we're going to actually kind of overlook the Torah Parsha this week. And we're going to look at the Haftar Parsha uh, for this Shabbat for Parsha Ha'azinu. And that comes from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22 it's the entire chapter. We're going to read every last word of it. No, I'm sure. It's the entire chapter of Samuel chapter 22, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22. Uh, and the reason that this Torah Parsha goes with the Torah Parsha in particular has to do with a couple of things. First, it is David's song and, and the Torah Parsha is Moses' song. Uh, we see Moses talk about God being our rock uh, and so on. We see David talking about God being our rock. But I want to dive specifically into the Haftorah today. Because I think there's some really powerful realities here in this Parsha, in this Haptar Parsha that uh, I think is very important for us to, to kind of settle on, to, to process through, uh, and to, to hear the Lord speak from. So if you have your scriptures, go ahead and open up to Second Samuel chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. It says, David spoke to, spoke to Adonai the words of this song in the day that Adonai delivered him from the head, hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, Adonai is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock. In him I take refuge, my shield, my horn of salvation, the stronghold of my refuge. My Savior, you have, uh, you saved me from violence. Uh, We go forward to, and and there's this whole back and forth about the Lord fighting for him uh, in his place. We go to verse 29. For you are my lamp, Adonai. Adonai shines in my darkness. For you, I rush on a troop. With my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, He was uh, His ways are perfect. The word of Adonai is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in Him. For who is God besides Adonai? Who is the rock besides our God? God is my strong fortress and he keeps my way blameless. Verse 47, Adonai lives and blessed be my rock, exalted be God, the rock of my salvation. And then verse 50 and 51, therefore I praise you among the nations, Adonai. I will sing praises to your name. He is a tower of salvation to his king. He shows loyal love to his anointed, to David David. And to a seed forever. If you pay attention to these passages that I just read, uh, the the little snidbits throughout this chapter, there's this overwhelming theme that continues to roll through of God being our strength, our shield, our protector, our salvation, our rock, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And particularly in verses two and three of Second uh, Samuel 22, he lays this groundwork, this foundation for what he's saying in this chapter as a whole. And so David says in verse two. Adonai is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in him I take refuge, my shield and my horn of salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. In Hebrew, we read, Vayomero Adonai sali um um fati li. zuri moshii. Mechamas, uh, Toshe, Tosheni. And so we, we see there's a number of words in the Hebrew that kind of sound repetitive, right? So we have rock, shield, strong tower, uh, salvation, he says rock again in another uh, part of this. Over and over again, we see this. But what we notice when we look at the Hebrew, as you heard in the Hebrew, those words sound slightly different. When we look at the Hebrew, there's a bunch of different words that all have kind of the same contextual meaning that David is using over and over again in this passage. And if you're not necessarily familiar with this particular passage from 2nd Samuel 22, you will recognize that these are almost the exact same words in Psalm chapter 18. Uh, The the 18th Psalm in particular the way it's historically believed and understood is that David uh, Wrote this as a prayer from his heart in his own prayer clause It's something that he would sing to the Lord in his own place in his own worship And then Psalm 18 was the exact same text but reiterated in a way that the community the nation as a whole The priesthood the worshipers in the temple uh, or in the tabernacle rather in that day would be able to take part in Worshiping in the same song and the same praise and so Psalm 18 is the same thing, but reiterated in a way that it's inclusive to the entire community versus uh, here in 2 Samuel 22, it just being him speaking. And so the idea was Psalm 18, he actually wrote and handed off to the, the singers and the priests in the tabernacle for them to be able to use this as a means of a song for worship leading, if you would, in the tabernacle in his day. So we look at these different words in verse two and three that stand out. There's actually nine different words and or phrases that I think are of, of, of great Great importance in this idea of understanding what it is that david is trying to build here so first is the very first uh first word uh, or not the very first word it's the uh third word in uh besides uh, he said to god so ver- the first word is selah uh and not selah as in what we read in psalms often you'll see that at the end of a psalm it's not the same word it's a slightly different word here selah means uh, a craggy uh, rock which means a rough or uneven rock it's a stronghold it's figuratively used as a fortress so he says my adonai is my rock the hebrew word is selah he's he's this this uh, rock that's like uh, It's a, a defensive place It's somewhere that we can go And, and nobody can get through We can kind of be protected there uh, There's this idea of it being a fortress The next thing that he says is matsut, uh, Which is the, the base word there Matsut, Which is my fortress uh, Meaning uh, it, it literally means a net Uh, abstractly to be captured. It's a castle, it's defenses, it's a fortress, stronghold, strong place. We see these concepts of this idea of a stronghold, a strong place, a fortress continue over and over again. Next we see palat, meaning to slip out, to escape, to deliver, to carry away. So he says... uh, uh, and my, he says, verse 2, Adonai is my rock, selah, my fortress, which is this word, uh, matsut, and my deliverer, which is Pilates. He's not just the idea of somebody who comes in and cleans us up from the mess and takes us away, but he says he's my deliverer, and the English is how it's translated, but the idea is he's not just uh, going to reach into the mess and pull us out, which sometimes he does and sometimes he has to, but he's the one that we can run to. We can flee from the mess. We can flee from the fight. We can flee from what's going on around us and run to him. And he is our protector. He is our defender. He is our deliverance. Uh, The next word we see in verse 4 sorry, verse three, it's zor, meaning a cliff, a rock, a boulder, figuratively a refuge. You may recognize this word from the Hanukkah song, maud zor. We we sing it all the time uh, uh, during Hanukkah. And so this idea of zor, uh, uh, again, a rock, a cliff, figuratively a place of refuge. Verse, uh, I'm sorry, number five, the fifth, Word is uh, uh, kasah, meaning to flee from, prote- for protection, figuratively to confide in, to make refuge, to trust in. Notice how he's he's taking kind of these synonym words, but he's building this greater picture with each and every one of these words that he's using in the Hebrew. So when he says, uh, uh, verse three, my God is my rock, in him I take refuge, uh, where he says in verse two, he's my deliverer. Again, the words have similar meanings and the idea that he's a place that we can run to for protection, but uh, in particular, it's also this idea of we he's somebody we can trust in, we can depend upon. Uh, next is magen, you may recognize this word because we call this star of David, the Magen David. Uh, in Israel you have the Magen David Dome, the, the, the red star of David which is like the Israeli version of the Red Cross um, and so on and so forth. So the Magen which is a, it means a shield, figuratively a protector. Uh, he's a defense uh, it says it's from uh, from Gadan meaning to hedge about, to protect to defend. So he is our Magen, our shield, our defender um, and it's not just the idea of we're holding up this shield in front of us To protect us from the enemy because when you're doing that you're the one that's protecting yourself But he says he is a shield that we can stand behind and be protected by Next is actually a phrase that I think is is very interesting to find here Um, And in the Hebrew uh, in this Parsha it's karen yeshi Karen yeshi which means uh, the horn of my salvation Karen is the the first word of this phrase Karen meaning a horn, a corner of the altar Uh, It's also a ray of light and figuratively power um, and the idea is this projection of this ray of light this projection the horn that comes off of the altar a friend of ours congregation and uh, Savannah is Karen or a ray of light speaking of that light that comes forth from Messiah So we have this idea of this this light that comes forth this ray of light this figurative power that comes forth and the second is The word yeshi which uh, the root word is yesha meaning liberty deliverance salvation safety It's actually the root word of Yeshua's name. It's the root word of Yehoshua's name uh And so on and so forth and when we look at this it's literally saying that this is that ray of salvation that light of salvation that comes forth So he says adonai is my uh, light of salvation my karen yeshi my light of salvation that comes forth And as a matter of fact that very word yeshi is the root of three of the next five words counting this phrase karen yeshi It's the root of the three of three of the next five words So we see it in um we see it in verse 3 uh, with uh Kernyeshi. Then the next time we see it is uh Umnasi and then we, uh, we see it again in Tosheenu. Uh, so when we see this word, we see it pop up three different times. The root word pop up three different times just in that one verse. And then the 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 next one, the eighth word here is Mizgav, meaning a cliff, a loftier or inaccessible place altitude refuge a high fort tower uh this is if you've ever been to israel and you've seen masada masada would have been Mizgav. it would have been this idea of this this place that we can run to to find protection when everything is coming at us we can run to we can climb up and there's this place of protection in it that the enemy can't get to us and so he says that Aronai is my Mizgav, and then finally manos uh which is a retreat a place or a way in which we can flee and so in this one the these two verses verse two and three he uses all of these words that are, in essence synonyms he 's our protector he 's our strong tower he 's our defender he 's our place that we can flee to he 's our refuge he 's our, our uh, light of salvation, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. We see these ideas that are constantly floating. Through these two verses. And then he builds upon it over and over and over again throughout this passage uh, in in 2 Samuel 22. We see it again in uh, Psalm 18. If you're familiar with Psalm 46, we sing this song from Shane and Shane based off of it all the time in our services. Uh, and if you're familiar with this, we see it uh, in this particular passage in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth change, though the mountains topple into the heart of the seas, though the waters roar and foam. Though the mountains quake at their swelling, Selah, verse 11, be still and know that I am God, I am exalted among the nations, I am exalted in the earth, Adonai Zavod is with us, the God of Jacob is our strong tower, Selah. And here we see this word means God again, this place of refuge that we can run to. In other words, we find ourselves in trouble, generally speaking, as followers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if we find ourselves in trouble, that means what? At some point, we've stepped outside the will of God. At some point, we've walked away from his direction and from his ways. And so if we find ourselves in trouble and the enemy's attacking us on the outside, it's a place that we can run to, this Mizgab, we can run to for protection. Another word that he uses in Psalm 46 is that he is our Mach-Zay, uh, which is a shelter. It's a, a, a place of hope, of refuge, a shelter, uh, a place of trust. And the, the difference between these two is one is something we run to because we're in trouble, and one is a specific, intentional, defensive fortitude, somewhere that we put ourselves and we plant ourselves in this like fort, this defensive fort that the enemy can't attack us because there's these barriers between us and God. And we see this idea through what uh, David's saying here in Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, in 2 Samuel 22 and what he says in Psalm 46, Psalm 18 and countless other places throughout the Psalms is this idea of God being our protector and our defense. And he lays out all of these different Hebrew synonyms for the same concepts in just these two verses and throughout this passage of Scripture in uh, in 2 Samuel 22. To show us that yes there's this multitude of ways that he can be our defender our protector our salvation our deliverance our refuge and every single one of them really depends on how we find ourselves in our walk with him right because sometimes we find ourselves in our walk where we're having to run to God because we found ourselves in a bad situation because we made poor choices because of whatever and we're having to run to him you know what even in those situations he's our refuge he's our fortress he's our defender he's our strong tower he doesn't hold it against us instead he merely embraces us and fights off the onslaught of the enemy and the other is is those times where we're walking in his way and we're walking faithfully with him and we plant ourselves in him as our fortress as our defender as our shelter and it doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us God is our strong tower And nothing that the world or the enemy or anyone else could throw at us could ever get through because we are in his will. We are in his way. We are walking with him hand in hand. And he is our protector and our shield. And as believers in Messiah Yeshua, we recognize that this idea of him being our horn of salvation, as David says here in uh, 2 Samuel 22, and being the horn of our salvation, or as the Hebrew kind of gives this idea, the light of our salvation, uh, the reality is, is that as long as we are bought by the blood of the Lamb and we walk in his ways and we stay close to him, we don't have anything to worry about. The only time we really have to start worrying is when we step away from what he's done for us and in our lives and we start to walk contrary to him. And then the enemy wants to attack. Now, don't get me wrong, the closer we get to God in our walk, the more the enemy's gonna attack. But the reason he's gonna attack more is because to get closer to God, that means we're walking further away from him. And so the enemy's going to constantly be attacking over and over and over again, but if we plant ourselves. In that machazeh, we plant ourselves in that strong tower, that defensive fortress that the enemy can't attack, that he can't break through, that he can't get at us. And we constantly plant ourselves in His will and His way. We walk in His word. We live by His word. We breathe uh, His breath of life to worship Him. Uh, you know the songs that were sung today and worship every single one of them. Fed directly into this concept of what we're reading here in our haftarah parsha. He is that rock of refuge. He is that salvation. He is that place that we can call upon. It's His breath that's in our life. And we want to give it back to him and so on and so forth But the idea is as long as we walk faithfully in him We don't have to worry about what's going on around us because he's fighting for us The overwhelming majority of what david says in uh second samuel 22 is that god is fighting the battle for him He says that god comes down riding on the wings of cherubim and comes in and fights the battle for him We look at Israel going into uh, into, Canaan, into the promised land, and Joshua. And the very first, the three first battles that they go up against, they don't lift a finger. God does it all for them. And all they have to do is clean up the mess. But every time that we try to get in the mix of things... We try to, oh, God, we'll help you out. Don't worry. Let me pick up a sword. I'll get in there and I'll fight with you. I'll take, and God's going, no, no, just let me be that strong tower. Let me be that fortress. You just sit in me. You reside in my presence, and I will take care of the battle. Oh, no, no, God, we got this. We got this. We're with you. We're with you. And we step out of that protective place, and we're trying to fight, and the enemy now goes, oh, there he is. Let's redirect, and let's attack him. And then we have to go, oh. Oh, I should have listened to God. Let me run back. He's now my he's now my Mizgab. I'm gonna run back over here and be in his in this place of refuge again. I'm gonna run away from what the enemy's trying to do. We read that this is this overarching message throughout the scriptures, right? We go to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve resided in the Garden of Eden. This was literally the fortress of God that the enemy could not permeate unless Adam and Eve allowed it. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did was they allowed the enemy to permeate the fortress of Adonai, the protection that he placed them in in the midst of the garden. Over and over again in our own lives, in the nation of Israel's life, etc., all we see time and time again is when the enemy attacks or when something bad happens, it's because we have allowed ourselves to get into a position where we gave the enemy a window to crawl through and to permeate our existence. And all the Lord wants us to do is just simply run back to him and trust that he'll fight that battle. But more often than not, we think it's ours to fight. And we get all down and, and, and beaten up and, and we get wounded left and right. And we go and cause more wounds with other people because hurt people uh, hurt people. And we're just constantly doing this over and over again. the Lord's just saying, dude, if you just stop, just stop and let me handle this. I've laid it out for you. Just stop and let me handle it. I've got it all taken care of. The reason Yeshua came and offered his life for us was because we continually walked outside of the will of God. And every time we would return, we would return from this place where we're fleeing from the enemy. And we're coming back going, oh, Lord, Lord, we messed up, right? The blessings and curses. I will put these the blessings upon you, but when you walk contrary to my word, I'll put these curses on you. And if these don't get your attention, guess what? Here's some more. And if these don't get your attention, here's some more. And if these don't get, but finally, you're going to have enough and you're going to run back to me. And you're going to come back to me and say, you are my God. You are my strong tower. You are my defender. I am sorry that I ran away from you, that I was walking contrary to you. Just restore me, renew me, and fight off the enemy. And the Lord says, if we just simply stop with all the garbage of walking contrary to him, walking outside of his will, trying to do this on our own, and walk in his will at all times, living in relationship with him, breathing in relationship with him, being in his word daily, being in worship daily, being in prayer daily, taking time to fast, taking time to follow along with all of these things that we know to be the reality of discipleship, then we find ourselves in that Mahazeh in that place of strong, uh, that, that strong tower, that strong fortress that the enemy can't get through because we're not outside running to the fortress, trying to outrun what the enemy is doing, but instead we are in that fortress. It is a very real part of our existence and who we are. This is the very concept that we see in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Notice this. If you look at the armor, this is all stuff that God's going to do. We just have to be in it. It says, put on the full armor of, of, of God so that you are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the worldly forces of this darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. You and I can't fight this battle. It doesn't matter how much we try. It doesn't matter how much effort we put at it. We cannot fight the battle. We're not going to win. We don't have a shot. And we keep trying over and over and over and over and over again. And the Lord says, just put on my armor. Just put on my armor. Let me take care of you. Let me be that stronghold, that, that fortress that you reside in. Don't keep fighting this. It's not going to get you anywhere. David attempted to fight battles over and over again. And David failed. But when he waited on the Lord, he was victorious. We look at the nation of Israel through all of the kings. And every time there was a king that led them in righteousness, they walked in righteousness and they had peace. But every time there was a king that led them against righteousness and led them outside of the way of God, they walked outside of the will of God and there was turmoil and there was consequence and there was pain and there was anguish. And eventually the nation would go, oh, how do we get here again? God, we want to run back to you. We want to come back to you and you take care of us. The Lord says, put on the full armor of God so that you are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the powers and against the worldly forces of this darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist when times are evil and after you have done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, then buckle the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Strap up your feet in readiness with the good news of Shalom. Above all... Take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Ruach on every occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, keep alert and perseverant, with perseverance and supplication for all the Kedeshim, for all the holy ones. Notice the words of Paul here in Ephesians 6 sound very similar to the idea that David is trying to get across in 2 Samuel 22. In Psalm 18 and Psalm 46 and in countless other places in the Psalms, this idea of just find refuge in him, in the Lord. Stop trying to fight it out yourself. Stop chasing after the ways of the world. Stop constantly trying to do this battle on your own. Just take refuge in the Lord. Not only is he trying to give us this idea over and over again, but just in two verses of this one chapter in 2 Samuel 22, he uses almost every imaginable synonym to tell us the same stinking thing over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, the Lord gives us 66 books in the Bible to tell us the same thing over and over and over and over again. And all we have to do is get our heads out of our rears and start following him. Walk faithfully in relationship with Him. Live and reside and be in Him. We have to trust that He is our strong tower, our fortress that we can sit in. We have to trust that He is going to fight those battles for us. He never asked us to fight that battle. As a matter of fact, in the Garden of Eden, all He told them was enjoy, be fruitful, and multiply. Don't eat of this one tree everything else is yours Just enjoy reside in me Think about the fact that he walked with him in the middle of the day I don't think it was the first time that he did that know, If it were then adam and eve wouldn't have rushed off to get clothes on because they wouldn't have known what to expect Just all of a sudden god would have popped up I think this was an everyday thing while they were in the garden However long it was that they were there That the lord walked with them in the middle of the day and I picture it like a, a child and their father holding hands walking down the street together And they were ready for it. They were prepared for it. And then all of a sudden, they weren't. All of a sudden, they stepped out of the will of God. And now we have to find ourselves in this place of constantly running back to Him as our refuge. Constantly fleeing from the attack of the enemy, which only comes at us because of the fact that we're having to run back to God all the time. If we stayed in God, we wouldn't have to walk away from the enemy. If we to in God, we wouldn't have to constantly draw closer to him because we'd be there. The Lord says, I just want you to be in me. Just reside in me. Trust that I've got this. Every single one of us in this room right now, everybody watching online, everybody who's going to hear the podcast of this later, I guarantee we all have crap going on in our lives. No doubt about it. We've all got stuff at work, at home. Uh, our cars are acting up. Good Lord, my vehicle, I put so much money just to keep it running. It's ridiculous. And every time I think I've got it all worked out, guess what? There's another bill that has to go along with it to keep it running. And you have a payment on it. So you can't afford not to get it fixed because if you do, then you've got a payment for a yard ornament. you got to keep doing something with it to get it running. We're always running into problems over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Those problems aren't because of God. God doesn't throw them at us. The curses aren't because of God. You know, the blessings and curses, God doesn't say, I'm going to just completely crap all over your day. He says, you made this choice, and here's what goes with it. Here's all the mess that you're going to deal with because you chose to walk away from me. And the Lord's telling us the same thing right now. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever is happening Trust me the lord is fighting it for you. He wants to continue to fight for you He wants to be your protector your shield your light of salvation your deliverer your redemption your stronghold your fortress Your rock that you can cleave to he wants to be just like when moses said I want to see your presence He said i'm gonna hide you in the cleft of the rock and you can see me as I walk by He wants to put us in that cleft of the rock not so that we can't see his presence But so that we can be with him walk behind him not ahead of him not in front of him not beside him But following his lead everywhere that we go He is that rock that we are to depend on that we are to trust in that we are to live by that we are to Constantly rejoice in and stay with him Romans 12 verse 14 Bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse Rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud But associate with the lowly do not be wise in your own eyes repay no one evil for evil Give thought to what is good in the eyes of all people if possible So far as it depends on you live in shalom live in peace with all people Never take your own revenge loved ones, but give room for god's wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says adonai blessed Bless those who persecute you. It's hard to do when the credit card company's calling you, maybe. It's hard to do when rent's due. It's hard to do when when whatever's going on and we feel like we're being persecuted. But the Lord says, bless them. Somebody puts a dent in your car. Somebody kicks you in the shin. Somebody does whatever to you. Bless them. Bless them. And every time that we curse them instead, guess what? We just took another step outside the will of God. We just took another step outside the will of God. That's another step that we have to make in return, fleeing back to our refuge. He says, bless them. And know that Adonai will fight for you and that vengeance is his. Adonai is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock. In him I take refuge, my shield, my horn of salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence? How many of us truly trust that the Lord is every aspect of that passage in our lives? How many of us are truly willing to completely submit ourselves to trusting that He is in control and fighting for us and protecting us and defending us? How many of us are willing to lay the sword down and trust that He is going to handle it? reside in his presence at all times I promise you as days move forward things are only going to get more difficult the word of God says it's getting a lot worse before it gets any better and as it gets worse there's going to be even more temptation for us to try and fight these battles on our own because we're human and we're idiots and that's what we do and the Lord knows that and that's why he said just trust me That's why he gives us 3,000 different options, it seems like, in this one verse of recognizing him as our refuge, our stronghold, our defender, our deliverer. Because it doesn't matter what situation you're in, there's a word that pertains to you that he wants to be. And all you got to do is give him that opportunity. Find yourself in a place where you got to flee back to him, guess what, he's that place. Find yourself in a place where uh, the, the enemy's all over you and you need a shield around you, he's that shield. Everybody says that, that, that prayer about, uh, the, they, they say, uh, may the Lord put a hedge of protection around you. Nobody really knows what in the world that is, right? Is it like some weird bush? I don't know. But it comes from this passage. It comes from that Hebrew word that we see there, uh, that he is our shield. Uh, it's that idea of putting that hedge around us, that magain. Uh, he's, he's our protector, our shield, our defense. He's a hedge about us to protect us and defend us. And the Lord wants to protect you. He wants to guard you. Those of us that are parents, we want nothing more than to protect our children from the darkness of the world around us. You're a child of God. That is instinctively a part of who we are because it's instinctively a part of who He is. He wants to protect you from the darkness of the world around you. He wants to be that ray of light in your life, that ray of salvation, that light of salvation. Even when the darkness of the world feels like it's crashing down upon you and you feel like you're carrying the weight of everything on your shoulders. He wants to be that light of sun, that light of salvation, that ray of salvation that comes in. And he wants you to trust in him and to to allow him to defend you and to protect you. And if we're honest about it, if we don't allow him that opportunity, we're robbing him of a chance to be who he is in our lives. He's going to be who he is whether we're a part of it or not. But we're robbing him of the opportunity to be who He is in our lives, and the worst thing we can do is rob God of who His character and nature truly is. You go back to the thirteen attributes of uh, God in Exodus, and it's He is slow to anger, and quick to forgive, and He's merciful, and He's gracious. This is His character, His nature. This is who He is. And when we don't allow him to be our stronghold, our tower, our fortress, our refuge, we're robbing him of the opportunity to be who he is. We are changing his character and nature in our lives. So I want to encourage you today, as we get ready to roll this Torah scroll back again next week and we get ready to see this Torah cycle start all over again and be refreshed and renewed with Parsha Bereshit, Take the time over this year of 5780 to, to realign our lives and recenter ourselves, recognizing God as that fortress, as that strong tower, as that defender, that protector. Because I guarantee as much mess as we've been through this year, leading up to this point, there's that much more ahead of us and some in the next year. And if we didn't learn the lesson from the last year, we're either going to have to learn it this year or it's waiting for us for the next year. But it's time that we just deal with who we're called to be and become faithful in His presence, trusting Him as our strength and our defender and our deliverer and most importantly, our salvation. Amen. Avrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship You, we love You and we adore You. Father, we thank You that You are a gracious and loving God, a caring God, that You are a God who stands beside us no matter what, who is always yearning for us to be in Your presence And to receive from you and to to experience the reality of who you are in our hearts and our lives. Father, I pray that as... Uh, We move forward in this year of 5780 that you've laid before us on your hebrew calendar that we will move forward uh, In this year prepared and yearning for you to be everything that you desire to be in our lives That you will be that stronghold that you will be that defender that we will get out of your way and allow you to move mightily and powerfully among us Father, teach us to shut our mouths and to rely and trust only, only upon You and solely upon You, giving You everything that we have, and not only our love, but in our devotion, in our lives, everything that we have, in the way that we interact with our children, with our workplace, school, whatever it may be, that we will allow You to completely consume everything that we are, as we are created in Your image and likeness that you will in fact be the one who fights our battles for us because they're not ours in the first place. They are battles of spiritual realm that we just happen to find ourselves mixed up in. And Father, we trust that you are a perfect and good God who loves us as your children and that you are moving in our midst to defend us and to protect us even when we don't see it. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. And everyone says, Amen and amen.